Hello, I'm Lisa Hilton, and I'm here to brighten your day. Each episode, I'll share three things that have brightened my day. It might be something I just learned. It might be a new kitchen gadget I discovered, or it might be a new bottle of wine I uncorked. Then I'll invite a guest to share three things that have brightened their day. Our brains on positive are happier, less stressed, and more productive. Together, we're going to start a ripple of positivity that will spread. Let's go make some waves. Hi, friends. Lisa here. For Season 3, I'm focusing on the importance of social connections and the positive effects relationships can have on our happiness and well-being. Studies show that when we feel more connected to each other, we have lower levels of anxiety and depression. Each episode this season, I'll invite a guest whose connection and friendship has brought happiness into my life. Some I have known for years, and some I've just met. My guest today is Mark Doughty. I met Mark during a team coaching training I was participating in. We were in a practicum group together with others from around the world. It was fascinating to hear how team coaching works in Australia, Dubai, England, Qatar, and the U.S. When you meet Mark, I think you'll know instantly why I was eager to have him as a guest on my podcast. Not only is he brilliant and a great storyteller, we also have a similar sense of humor. The first thing that has brightened my day is turning 50. I celebrated my birthday on March 15th. Some of you know the Ides of March. Well, beware of going over the hill, right? But you know what? I don't believe in the numbers. Age is a state of mind, and every decade gets better and better. In my teens, I grew up with a wonderful circle of friends and discovered how much I loved music. In my 20s, I followed my passion for singing and moved to New York City to be an opera singer. In my 30s, I got my MBA and met and married my husband, Clark. In my 40s, I became a mom and fell into a job and career I loved. I can't wait to see what the 50s have in store for me. Already in the first few months, I'm producing a podcast, writing a book, and raising a puppy. It's off to a rip-roaring start. The second thing that has brightened my day is I finally got my pug puppy. It came in an unexpected way. The Pacific Pug Rescue in Portland had posted that they had a five-month-old puppy up for adoption. That rarely happens. I saw the post 44 minutes after it came, and there were already 76 responses. I thought I probably didn't have any chance to be the lucky one chosen, but I was contacted and told our family was a good match. I was asked to provide two references. My friends Summer and Tony must have given us glowing reviews because a few days later, I was contacted by the foster mom and told that we had been selected to adopt Cabbage. Yes, you heard me right. Cabbage. He was adorable. And maybe the name came from slightly resembling a Cabbage Patch doll. But Clark and Aria felt he needed a different name. We settled on Miles. The name is significant for me because of the miles I've gone to get a sweet puggy like him. His first night in our home was painful. He whined and cried for almost three hours on and off. He finally settled down and slept for about five hours. You know, Miles is a rather regal name, and he is being treated like a king. 
We love his playfulness and adorable puppy eyes. I was lucky enough to learn about a wonderful video series called How to Train Your Dream Dog and an online training called 30 Days to Puppy Perfection. It's not easy to feel like a novice at something at my age. Some days I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. But these videos and supportive friends and family are helping me through just a few more weeks to perfection. The third thing that has brightened my day is cleaning up my work cube. I have been working from home since March of 2020. In the past two years, I've gone into the office three times to grab various things and run back out. So last week, I actually went into work for more than five minutes and I cleaned up my cube. Things I haven't needed or looked at in two years aren't necessary anymore. And I did a massive cleaning and purging. It felt amazing. I also found some not so amazing things like granola bars that expired March 16th of 2020. The one thing I found that made me laugh was a plastic corn dog. It was an icebreaker I had done a while back with an agency. And the corn dog idea came from Kid President. He did a video called The 20 Things We Should Say More Often. If you're not familiar with Kid President and that video, it's worth taking time to watch. If you need a little more incentive, here are the 20 things. Number 20, thank you. Say thank you. And not just on Thanksgiving. Number 19, say excuse me. Number 18, here's a surprise corn dog I bought you because you're my friend. Number 17, I'm sorry. Number 16, I forgive you. Number 15, you can do it, but don't say it if it's something that you can't do. Number 14, another thing that we should say more often, I have barbecue sauce on my shirt too. Number 13, please. Number 12, everything is going to be okay. Number 11, aw, you got me a corn dog too? You shouldn't have. Number 10, I don't know. I know a lot of people who need to say that. Number nine, you're so awesome. I named my dog after you. Number eight, hello, person I've never met before. Here's a high five. Number seven, my sports team is not always the best sports team. Takes a big man to say that. Number six, nothing. Sometimes that's the best thing you can say. Number five. Ha ha ha. That doesn't mean anything, but it's just really funny. Number four, I disagree with you, but I still like you as a person. Number three, sometimes you just got to scream. Ah! Number two, life is tough, but so are you. And number one, something nice. If you can't think of anything nice to say, you're not thinking hard enough. My guest today is Mark Dowdy. Mark is the Senior Learning Business Partner for Connected Consulting and Technology with KPMG in the United Kingdom. Mark has had over 30 years of experience in human resources, leadership, and talent development roles. Working within many different industry sectors and businesses, all typically Tier 1 global companies. He lives in Cambridge, England with his wife, Emma, and their two young children, Alfie and Arthur along with five Indian ducks, 10 chickens, and a really mad black Labrador dog named Lenny. 
Mark gets instant credibility with me because of his charming British accent. I'm excited to have Mark as a guest today because I know there will be good stories and lots of laughs. Welcome, Mark. Lisa, good afternoon or good morning to you. Welcome from England. Yes, thank you. You're my first international guest. I feel so excited. (laughs) Oh, I shall be best behaved. Oh, no, please don't. (laughs) So I have to ask you, what makes a duck an Indian duck? I believe they have been purposely bred in India in terms uh-huh. of how they uh, they are as ducks in the sense that they don't need necessarily need much water, although we do give them water. And they're sort of ducks you might see that run around at pace in a single line. Uh, they're very sort of uh, frightened. You'll never bond with them in a million years. But uh, I don't really know the ins and outs, but predominantly I think it's because of they were, they're called in ducks because of that um, they were bred in India. Got it. It makes sense. You also need to explain what's going on with your very mad lab, Lenny. Is this a, we don't talk about Lenny? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, that, oh, yeah. we don't talk about Bruno. The children sing right. that uh, constantly at the moment. Lenny's seven years old now. So uh, Emma and I have had him since he was a puppy. And the challenges we've had with him, he's always been a bit quirky. And so part of that challenge is, is either to understand why does he do what he does, but also we've come to accept that's Lenny. You know, so that's the family saying that's Lenny. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, because, as you probably know, Labradors are gun dogs. Well, we've been, uh, in 2017, 2018, uh, Emma and I had good fortune to build our own house with uh, Emma's father. And as part of that sort of building the house, we started to use these pneumatic staple guns. And as you can imagine, that in a big, large staple gun, as we were, salutate, as we were stapling certain items in the house, would echo just like a gunshot. But Lenny would run off a mile, absolutely, literally run in the opposite (laughs) direction. So if we were using him as a gun dog, it just wouldn't happen. And that's now got worse because now if anybody sneezes, he runs runs off. So you can be in the house and somebody sneezes. He's now pretty royal as well. So therefore, he no longer will eat any food out of a bowl. Oh. <laughs> so you have to throw the food on the floor. And I appreciate that's not necessarily always wise in certain people's homes. He will then nudge the food with his nose into like a corner. He has to do it. And then he will eat it when he wants to eat. Well, if you know Labradors, they wolf food down. Yeah, right. At pace. Lenny is more sort of elegant. He will nudge it into the corner and then eat now and again at his own pace and his own time. And then the final one was just yesterday, actually, because Emma's parents were out. We went over and said, come on, Lenny, it's time to go out for a walk. And he was just lying there. And we were then sort of different sort of suggestions. Come on, let's go. Go for walkies. Never batted an eyelid. Wouldn't move as if, you know, like a that sort of dead dog look. <laughs> and then as soon as Emma's parents came home, because that's the other thing as well. Lenny lives with um, Emma's mom and dad now because the children scare him too much. Because, you know, the two boys, they're sort of yeah. loud and wild. Right. So he, he now sort of relocated to their house. But as soon as Emma's parents came home, he was sort of, where have you been? All excited, jumping up, running after a ball. And I'm thinking, you little <laughs> Putting on a show, right? Yeah, putting on a show because he wouldn't move at all. You know, it was very clear that even if I'd put the leash on and pulled him, he would have just been belly, it would have been a belly drag. Right. Yeah. So oh. there's so many other stories about him. He's, he's, he's just nuts. And, that, and so the family saying is, that's Lenny. Okay. That's well, Lenny. We have so many great stories and we haven't even gotten to what are the three things that have brightened your day? 
Well, you know, when you asked me this question a couple of weeks ago to think this through, I'd like to think there was quite a few things that over my years I can I can reflect on where things have brightened my day. But there's always been a bit of a common denator with some of the things that I've uh, I, I've thought of for today. So the first one actually it has origins in America, and it's almost like a bit of a family tradition. When the mood takes us, or when things are perhaps not going to plan, or we just probably need a bit of a cheer up as a family, we watch Laurel and Hardy. I now, love it. Oh, honestly. And, and it's also good comedy because it's not violent. There's no obtuse language. And as you know, Lauren Hardy is very slapstick. There's the one that you may remember, the one about the ghost on the ship. To get the shipmates to go on the ship, they use the egg trick where they say, can you put this egg in your mouth? And then they hit them on the jaw and crack it. I mean, <laughs> the boys are screaming with laughter. I mean, and they are, and they do. They literally. And I think the key thing for me with how this Laurel and Hardy transcends the years is that, of course, today, certainly my children have got all this video technology and, and, uh, and video on demand and iPads. Yet here we have a very simple black and white movie with a very limited script, to be mm-hmm. honest, because it's just two characters playing off each other. And uh, it's brilliant. And honestly, we, I can say when my father and mother come down, we will almost always get Lauren Hardy out as well on, on a Netflix option or whatever. And then my father, who, bless him, is in his 80s, he's 87, he will be crying with laughter because he must have seen it <laughs> at least 40, 50 times. And so that makes the boys laugh, which makes us laugh, Emma and I laugh. So um, again, for those of you listening on the podcast, I'd say, you know, if you haven't watched Lauren Hardy for a bit, go and watch it. And there's always one line like my father and I use, and I think it's uh, the... Uh, Lauren Hardy are asked, why have you come? Now, they've joined the Foreign Legion. And the general asks, why have you joined the Foreign Legion? And he says, I've come here to forget. And he says, what have you come to forget? And he says, I forgot. <laughs> and he says, then, so the general says, so you mean you forgot what you came here to forget? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so simple and it's funny yes. and it's physical comedy and just the difference between the two, right? The really yes plump one and then the very tall, skinny one. So true story, Mark, growing up, we used to get Laurel and Hardy on reel and we would set it up on a projector, you know, the Uh. old school kind. And we would watch it, you know, where you have to project it onto like one of those white screens that you pull down. And I can't remember anything about what happens, but I still remember we used to watch this one called Laurel and Hardy Toad in a Hole. I just remember Toad in a Hole. I can't recall at all what happens, but you know what? After our yes. conversation this morning, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, just honestly, and, and of course, you know, probably closer to home for me than it is to you and the news with uh, what's happened with Russia and Ukraine today. Clearly things out of sight of our control at the moment in terms of what impact it has, but we can still sort of try and ride the storm and, and something like Lauren Hardy has always been that sort of uh, part of my life since I was watching them like now my children of the age watching them with me, you know. And, yeah. um, okay, yeah. Let, let's agree that Laurel and Hardy is timeless comedy. Maybe we can even put a, a link or two in our show notes to one of the episodes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, what's, the, what's the second thing that's brightened your day? I had a good friend of mine probably over 20 years ago, and his name was Frank. And he was like a brother to me or a father in the spirit of the relationship and the closeness we had. And we did a lot of work, business work together. He was an independent consultant and we just connected really well. And I can remember when I first had, in my first marriage, I had two children 
And it used to give me a lot of wise coaching on counselling, mm. all free sort of thing. So the first part of the story said to me, he said, I know you well. And he said, the problem with you, Mark, is that um, you'll want to be the best parent in the world. And he said, I've got a tip for you. He said, you'll never be the best parent in the world. You've just got to be good enough. And I use that phrase a lot, whether it be at work, whether you've had good days or bad days. Sometimes you've just got to be good enough. And good enough is good enough, you know, in terms, and I always, I, I then have built on that in terms of another quote, which I, so I suppose my second one is that are two or three quotes I use. And the second one is that when I mean, I'm working with colleagues at work, is that, you know, think about it, it's good enough. Uh, and there's also the old adage that, you know, if you want to win the gold medal, you only have to win one race to be the gold medalist. So in the other races prior to winning the gold medal, you just got to be good enough. And sometimes just being good enough is being in the top four, say, in the qualifiers. What I'm leading up to is, is that there are certainly times in our lives where we meet people at work or in life and we think, oh, my Lord, you know, there's just no way in a million years. As much as we try and see the other side of people or we might sort of bump into somebody in the grocery store, in the restaurant, and, and, it, and it just doesn't start or end well for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So Frank used to give, say, say this quote to me, and I have it in my office. And the quote is, no matter what anyone says to you, you don't have to eat dinner with them, live with them, or go to bed with them. <laughs> and that is a little quote that's in my study. And um, I think of Frank when, uh, you know, because as you probably realise, he's passed away a long time ago. But also that just grounds me along with the other two quotes. And that's what, in, in a sense, just gives me that sort of buzz and excitement because I'm able to get rid of it and it brightens my day because I can let go of that baggage. And I think it's, for me, that quote, it's perfect. Right. You don't have to be best friends with the people you work with, but there is a sense of professionalism, of kindness, and that's, that's good enough. Yeah, it is. It's good enough. Thank you for sharing. What's the third thing that's brightened your day? I suppose I'm a self-taught cook. There have been a few occasions where even I've wondered what I've actually cooked. <laughs> there have been a couple of occasions when Lenny has even asked me what I've cooked <laughs> because he's not eating it. Um, oh, dear. That's really good. Yeah, uh, yeah and that's, that's another sort of, well, that's not even good enough, Dad. You know, that sort of uh, look uh, when a, a Labrador gives you. But I, and this really comes back to my grandmother, who, rest her, she's no longer alive, but my grandmother loved beef stroganoff. Mm. Um, she taught me to cook it when I was probably 13, 14. Every now and again, I want to say every now and again, maybe once or twice every two or three months, so maybe once a month, sometimes once every two months, I feel like it's a beef stroganoff day. Mm-hmm. And I will go off and purposely buy the beef stroganoff ingredients uh, to my grandmother's recipe, which predominantly is one red onion, one clove of garlic, a lemon, two handfuls of wild mushrooms, two or three sprigs of parsley, some fillet steak, a teaspoon of paprika, some olive oil, a knob of butter, some sour cream, and the piece de la resistance, a small glass of brandy. Mm. And then, really, what you do is you, you know, chop up the, the garlic and the onion, you grate the lemon zest, more or less sort of tear the mushrooms rather than cut the mushrooms, and you chop the parsley. And then what I tend to do is I put the beef in between two sheets of um, cling film. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to bash it a bit so it gets yeah. a bit flatter. Mm-hmm. And then we then cut them into strips. And then we mix the paprika and the lemon zest and then with a bit of salt and a bit of black pepper together. And we then dust the beef with that. And then we then stick it into a frying pan, 
medium to low heat, say, fry the onion and garlic first and a little bit of oil until it's all softened. Then we turn the heat up, stick in the mushrooms and the butter, saute it all with the mushrooms and the gut then until they go brown. And then we tip it on the plate. And then the final bit is we're then sticking the steak one minute either side. I get my iPhone out one minute one way, one minute the other. <laughs> I love so it's it. Brown and, and so it's brown and it's still pink in the inside. Mix it all together. And voila. Wow. <laughs> I could be eating with my grandmother. And, and to some extent, sometimes I think back to those days when I was. Yeah. Food is memory and smell and taste. Yes. And I am willing to fly to Cambridge just to have your <laughs> beef stroganoff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But does the pounding of the steak, does that send Lenny running off? Oh, yeah, he's like, off. <laughs> and in fact, if I, 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 it's a good point. The truth is, when he sees me come out with, with a rolling pin, because that's what I tend, a wooden using rolling pin, he will, he does leave the house and go back to Emma's house because I don't use the rolling pin for any other purpose because I don't make right. cakes. Like <laughs> so it's almost thing. like, it's almost like as soon as he sees the rolling pin, he's like, oh, I up. It's time for me to move <laughs> out of this, uh, out of this world. So yeah, that, that, that has happened. And I know it's, it's afternoon for you. For me, it's morning. And I can't think of a better way to start my day than just a lot of laughter and joy and sharing in family traditions and connecting with new friend. You are a new friend. Um, and I look forward to more conversations. So thank you for being my guest and thank you for brightening my day. That's very kind of you. Thank you to you too. Thank you for tuning in to Brighten Your Day. To be a guest on my podcast, email me at hiltonlisab at gmail.com. That's Hilton with a Y. Special thanks to Clark Hilton for post-production and special thanks to Chris Jones for composing the theme song.